But let's get in the word. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. I want to read our prophetic word that we've had uh, for really since really last November or so that this is something that we continually to declare. Amen. And it says 2017, the faithful shall flourish and it shall be like days of heaven on earth. And what does flourish mean? It means to thrive, to increase, enlarge, to grow, to be prosperous, to abound, to spread out, to expand, to make steady progress, and to be at a high point in one's life. That's what flourish means. And we believe that the faithful will flourish. We believe that as you stay hooked up with God, as you continue to follow and pursue him with all your heart, we believe that he's going to take your life to another level, that you're going to flourish in every area of your life. You know, it started a series a few weeks back called Being Planted. And the first scripture we used and really unpacked was, was Psalms 92. And it says about those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. Those that be planted in the house. And, and we talked about that, how the word planted means the, the word planted is transplanted. Meaning I used to be planted in one, one ground. Now I'm planted in another ground. Meaning so those that are now transplanted into God's house. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. And another definition for that word flourish in the, in the Hebrew is to break forth and bud. Meaning it's like a flower that's completing its destiny. It's, a, it's like something that is just breaking forth. It's breaking through the pressures. Breaking through tradition. Breaking through certain things and blossoming and budding and becoming what you were created to be. And so we've been unpacking this whole aspect of what it means to be planted. I don't have time to review everything, but let's get in here looking at John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verse 23. And Jesus answered them saying, the hour is come that the son of man should be glorified. You know, what he's saying here, the hour is come, meaning, meaning, you know, Trey, right now, <laughs> like right now, it's right now. You know, I know I was prophesied about years ago, but it's right now. It's, it's right. The hour has come, meaning it's right here. Come on. Edward, it, it's right here, right now. It's, a, it's time for me to, to bud and, and complete my destiny. I, I, I need to break forth. And so you can see on why I really was, was brought here on this earth. So the hour has come that the son of man would be glorified. Amen. Then it says this, it says, verily, verily, I say unto you, so this, these next scriptures here is really telling us, I believe, on how God can take you to another level in your life, right? How God's going to glorify you. Because the next verse says, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. So Jesus is referring to himself, right? Unless a grain of wheat. Fall into the ground and die. You know, I, I, I said this last week and, and I talked about how I believe there's a lot of people in churches that they're, they're Christians. They're, 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 they're coming to church, but they're still in seed stage. They're, they're walking into church as a seed and they walk out of the church as the same seed. Or, or they, they made Jesus the Lord of their life and, and you know, now they are the seed. They're, they have the seed of God on the inside of them. But I believe, I believe there's a lot of people that need to really plant themselves. Yeah. Yeah, good. See, Jesus, was, it wasn't just him coming, but it was him dying. See, see, we are, we are those, we are a seed and you know, we have to die if we want to see much fruit, but too often in my personal life is I still wanted to hold on to what I liked. I wanted to hold on to my opinions. I wanted to hold on to the way I thought about things, but no, it's Jesus said, it said, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die. You know, so I had to realize in my life, maybe I'm not as fruitful I should be because I haven't died in that area of my life. Thank you, Tommy. Appreciate that, man. You know, so we all want success. We all want, we all want next level living. We all want, we all want great things. We all want uh, amazing things. But, but too often there's things that are hindering us from truly diving in all in. So Jesus is saying, if, if you want to be glorified and now I have to keep saying this because a lot of times people think that, all right, so I need to have all these works for God to love me. No, this has nothing to do with God loving you. This series about being planted is all about fulfilling your destiny. 
It's not about you going to heaven. It's about fulfilling your destiny on the earth. Because, because when God came on the inside of you and you made him Lord your life, it wasn't just so you could go to heaven. But it was so you could take masses to heaven with you. So you could change the world that you live in. Amen. So here he says, he says, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. Now think about this seed for a moment. If you look at a seed, it has, even though it looks like something that's meaningless, it has eternity in it. It has eternity in it. It has, it has life long after that seed dies. You see, so often we want to hold on to something instead of seeing what can God do long after I plant it. And so, so the word I want to use this morning as we look at that seed, if you look at that seed, it has untapped potential. There's untapped potential. I've heard Joyce Meyer say this. What is potential? Potential is possibilities, but not positively's. Meaning, meaning there are possibilities on the inside of that one seed that eventually it could entire, feed an entire nation. Do you realize all the apples that, that, that are at the store? Or just, just bear with me here. And you swing, well, that's not true. Just bear with my illustration here, okay? Now, just think, they all had to come from one seed. How many apples can you get from one seed? A thousand. You, you can't even count them. Because how many seeds are in one apple? And how many apples are on one apple tree? So at a, in the lifetime of, of one apple tree, just say over a lifespan of one uh, of one tree, maybe maybe it produces that one tree produces 10,000 apples. Well, each one of those apples have have eight seeds in them or, or less or more. And so each one of those is another tree. And each one of those trees are going to you can't you can't measure. See, you can't measure what God wants to do in your life and through you li- through your life until you decide to plant yourself so the potential that he's placed on the inside of you can come out of you. But too often we don't really plant ourselves. We're going around as seeds. It doesn't change the fact I'm a, I'm a Christian. It doesn't change that fact. But what we what I want us to see as a church and as a people, as individuals, is you have to truly plant yourself. You have to truly plant yourself. A definition for potential I wrote down was qualities and abilities that may be developed and lead to future success and usefulness. Another definition is existing in possibility, yet capable of development into actuality. So what I hear Jesus saying is Jesus is, te- Jesus is telling us that when you plant yourself in the right environment, the possibilities that God placed in you will break forth. Let me say it again. When you, what I hear Jesus saying, when you plant yourself, in the right environment, the potential and the possibilities that are on the inside of you will break forth. And see, so often we want to see the end from the beginning. We want to see the end from the beginning. We want to see, we want to make sure it works first. See, that, that's not, see, that's not, that's really where I think I missed, I, I missed out on, I believe God would have started me out early on this, as I told the stories a few weeks ago, how when I was eight years old and, and 12 years old and, and had experiences with God, but yet didn't really know what they're all about. I believe God could have started me out at eight years old preaching the gospel if I understood the potential that was on the inside of me. But I was too worried about what I would miss out on in the world. I was too worried. When I got to to 17 years, I I got too worried about what other people would think about me. I got too worried about, well, what if, what if my life, what if I'm not happy with how this turns out? 
What if I get saved and I'm boring? What if, what if I get saved and I don't have any fun? You, you see, these, these are things that the enemy uses to keep us from planting ourselves so, so, so possibilities and potential can fully break forth. See, you have, you may just have, you know what, even in my own personal life, I have, I believe just this much. I've experienced only about this much of what God wants to do through me. You know, there's people, man, didn't God move great back then? Didn't God, what do you think he wants to do right now? You know, I like what Kenneth Hagin said. He talked about the 40s and in the 50s. And he talked about the miracles that were taking place and the things that he had seen and the things. And he, and he wrote this book in 93. And, and he, he was saying all these things he saw early on in the 40s and the 50s. And, and all these things he said. He said, Father, how come I'm not seeing the things that I used to see? Even, even some of the things in his, in, in his own ministry, in his life. He said, he said, you saw greater things back then because there was a greater consecration back then. Meaning, meaning people were more ministers, so to speak, were more interested in following me instead of getting people to follow them. Ministers were more interested in, in being someone that's going to be likable by everyone instead of just following me. And so anytime that you do something like that, and I'm not saying ministers that are doing those things are, are necessarily wrong. They're just saying they're going to be limited in their potential. You're going to be limited in your potential. You're going to be limited in God's ultimate desire of what he wants to do through your life. Being planted. You know, and your environment has everything to do with what, that's, what you produce. Because you're the seed, right? We're talking about. See, it's one thing to talk about, you know, our finances being a seed. But how about you being a seed? See, it's one thing to say, hey, well, I'll release my finances as a seed. But because but, sometimes that can be easier because sometimes commitment isn't tied to that. Well, I'm giving. But did God tell you to serve? Well, I'm serving. Well, I'm, well, I'm not giving. But I'm well, did God tell you to give? Well, See, it goes back how much and what areas in your life are you going to let yourself die? Yeah. <laughs> I know this isn't a popular message right now, but, <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm your pastor. So, so if you don't like that, you can find another church. It's okay. I, I mean, I mean, you, you have to say, because I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm here for you to become a winner. Dr. Savelle didn't go into ministry so he could say, hey, don't I have offices all there? No, he went into ministry so he could provoke people for their life to change. Amen. Dr. Savelle didn't go to Africa in the 70s just so he can say, well, I have an international ministry. No, he wanted to take prosperity to a third world country where they said you can't preach prosperity there. Am I right, Miss Karen? So you have to realize it's, this, this is, my thing is I'm, I, I'm tired at, with the level of where I'm at individually. And I know if you're really honest with yourself, you're tired of the level where you're at. And I know his grace is sufficient. I know his grace brought you into the kingdom, but I'm telling you, it's going to be your following him that's going to f- cause you to fulfill your destiny. I don't want to leave this place with half of my destiny fulfilled. I don't want to leave this place with just, with just a little bit of potential was fulfilled. So we have to be like Jesus. If we're going to be glorified, we're going to have to come place to where we die so we can bring forth much fruit. And your environment is everything. Even if we're talking about the different types of soil. You know, you, in, in Mark chapter 4, Mark 13, Luke chapter 8, you know, it talks about the different types of soil. And in the first soil, they call it the wayside soil. See, there's been time in my life where I had, I had planted myself on the wayside. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, people go to church and, and sometimes it, they're, they're, they're planting themselves as just wayside. Well, I'm, I'm at church. You know, and there's another type of, see, we plant our set, we, another type of ground we plant ourselves in is stony ground. 
We're stony ground. And, and so what happens? We plan ourselves, but, but the moment we plan ourselves, when we get offended or, or someone upsets us or someone corrects us or, or, or something happens or there's pressures, what happens is, what, what happens is we, we end up not bringing forth fruit. We pull up our seed, so to speak. Another type of soil is, is, is uh, the thorn, planting your seed among the thorns. Well, that, that means you're, as a Christian, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, but um, you know what? I'm still going to plant myself totally in the world. Meaning, and I'm not saying, you know, we are to be in the world, but not of the world, right? I'm not saying that we don't, we, I'm not talking about being flaky and stupid about this, all right? I'm not talking about not being able to relate to people. And, oh, well, they're sinners. That's not, talk, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where you plant yourself. I'm not talking about the rest of the world this morning. I'm talking about where you plant yourself. And so, so a lot of times you plant yourself. It's kind of like having one foot in the world and one foot in God. And all of a sudden you're expecting to produce fruit. Well, let me cut this seed in half and we'll just plant half this seed. Okay, well, I'll plant myself on Sunday, but every other day, it's mine, baby. (laughs) Are you going to produce any fruit as it pertains to your destiny and reach your untapped potential? So the ground that you you plant yourself has everything to do with your success. Let's go to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Say, thank God for the word. You're visiting here, just so you know, we are a word church. We are a Holy Ghost filled church. (laughs) Hallelujah. Luke chapter nine, verse 23. He says, if any man will come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, I I didn't go there, but I'm going to bring this up in John chapter 12. After Jesus talks about dying and he talks about bringing forth much fruit. Then he talks about really he gives us an example of how do we die? Because, you know, if the Lord tell me I need to die, then how do I do it? Right. What, is, what does dying look like to you, Pastor Justin? Jesus gave us the picture of it. Go ahead and put John 12, 26 up. Let's see if we can see this before I get into this. John 12, 26. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. So right after Jesus talks about dying, two verses later, he starts talking about this. If any man serve me, let him follow me. How do you die? Follow. Follow. Let me make a statement to you. Following is the currency of discipleship. Following is the currency of discipleship. See, often we want to, we all want to be disciples, right? But the currency of discipleship is following. See, it's kind of like, I I want to be, I want you to disciple me and I want you to make my life better, but I don't want you to, I don't want you to make me accountable. See, I, I want you to agree with what I'm doing but I don't want to follow your instructions. You see, if we're going to, if you're, we're talking about dying here, dying is found as Jesus was talking about is found in following. And let's look at this in 23. It says, and if any man will come after me, let him die and deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever will save his life shall lose it. What does that mean? That means you're trying to hold on to this aspect of your life so much, you're going to lose it anyway. 
I've seen it happen in, with, with relationships. I've seen people do it with finances. I've seen people do it with their jobs. Where they're so fearful about losing this aspect, what happens is by trying to save this, they lose. They, it's, like, it's like I save one thing, but I lose 20. I'm so, I'm so interested in holding on to this $1 bill and chasing this $1 bill that all of a sudden I'm losing the 100 behind me. So that's really what it's talking about life here. As we plant ourselves as a seed is we have to come to a place where we're not trying to hold on to what we want, what we like, what we think. <laughs> Thank you, Trey. Thank you. Thank you, honey. I appreciate that. Amen. For whoever will save his life shall lose it. For, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Lose. Whoever loses his life. That's, that's like dying, planting a seed. For what is man's advantage? For what is man's advantage? Where advantage there is profit. If he gains the whole world and loses himself. What is the advantage? What's the profit if you gain everything in the world, but yet you lose your soul? There's nothing in this world. There's nothing in this world that's more important to me than Jesus. And secondly, there's nothing more important in this world than Annette. You see, it's what... What you, what do you, what, just think if you could totally go all in with God, what could happen in your life? And I know on a Sunday morning, I'm preaching to a wide spectrum of people. Because I just want to, I want you to really look at your life over the last 20, 30, 50, 60 years and ask yourself, do I want more? Because if I want more, you know what? Then there's some things that I need to start following. For what is a man's advantage if he gains the whole world and loses himself or be cast away? For whoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and his Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you the truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste death till they see the kingdom. Let's go to verse uh, 57. Let me stay on this thought. You know, about what you're following. Before we read this, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says, Become wise by walking with wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Let me read that again. Become wise by walking with wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. So who I'm following and what I'm following has everything to do with my success. The next verse after that says evil pursues the sinner. Evil pursues the sinner, meaning, meaning it's not, I'm not, it's not, I don't want to deal with the sin aspect. I just, just talking about a sin, what you're following evil is going to pursue you. But the next part of that says, but the righteous, <laughs> but the righteous will increase the righteous. So it's, it's all important about who and what you're following. In verse 57 says, and it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said to him, a certain man said to him, Lord, I will follow you whithersoever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have a nest, but the son of man has not nowhere to lay his head. Now get this. This guy came to Jesus and said, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, well, foxes have holes, birds have a nest, but the son of man has no way to lay his head. And some people use that scripture and said, well, Jesus was poor. No, Jesus was on a missionary journey. Because there was another time where Jesus talked to several disciples and he says, come and stay at my house. So Jesus said, hey, I'm on a mission here. That's really what what Jesus is saying. We're on a mission. If you want to follow me, we're not going to be staying in one place. If you want to follow me, it's going to require you to grow. If you want to become a leader and become like me, it's going to require you to change. So it's not going to be just staying in one place. It's not just having a title that I'm Jesus's disciple. No, we're going to be going somewhere. We're going to be doing something because there's potential in me and there's potential in my disciples that are going to change the world. 
But if you're worried about comfort, I'm not the one to follow. If you want to stay the same, I'm not the one to follow. If you don't like being uncomfortable, stay home. And see, a lot of times we don't fully plan ourselves because we don't like being uncomfortable. We don't like being out of control. I hope a lot of you share this on Facebook. Maybe. <laughs> and, and he said unto another, follow me. So the first guy came to Jesus and said, I want to follow you. The next guy said, said unto him, follow, he said, follow, he said, follow me to the guy. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And I said, Jesus was so mean to this guy. Man. But you have to realize that something about Jewish tradition when he talked about mourning the person's dead, it could, could be up to a year. Let the dead bury their dead, meaning, meaning he's already dead. <laughs> so let the dead bury the dead, all right? Because this is a year mourning process, I believe. Somebody correct me later, but, but it's a year mourning process in, in that, in that um, culture at that time. So what Jesus is saying is, we don't have time. <laughs> Because because we're going right now. I, I, I don't have time to wait for you because God wants to glorify me like right now, right now. And we got to move now. I can't wait for you for a convenient time for you. I, 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 my my destiny can't wait on your convenience. See, it's our see following is the is the currency of discipleship. That's, that's, that, do you want to be a disciple? The cost is follow. Now, there's some costs, other costs involved with discipleship, but the main cost is follow. You want to be a disciple? The currency is follow. Verse 61, and another said to him, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go bid farewell, which are at home at my house. And then Jesus said to him, no man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Wow. Fit for the kingdom of God. No man looking back. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying, he is saying, I can't go back to that. T- I already went to that town. I can't go back to that town. I can't look back because I've got to go forward. So planning yourself is not trying to stay in your past and your present. But it's living your present to obtain your future. You know, that, that's, that's, it's what God really wants, because, because how often does our past really trip us up? We probably deal with our past more than anything else. And the enemy wants you to camp on the past. He wants you to camp on the past. But what, Je- what I hear Jesus saying is, follow me. But you know what requires? Being planted. Be planted. How, do we, how are we planted? It's by following him. Following him. So the first thing here is following is the currency of discipleship. What excuses are keeping us from planning ourselves? Second point I want to bring out, following Jesus will never bring you into a place of loss. You say, well, Pastor, I, I, I lost this. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about down on the inside of here. Now, yes, there's, there's people that we will, loved ones that... Lose through age, through different things we may lose. There, there could be difficult things that happen to us. But ultimately, when we follow him, we'll never lose. You'll never miss out. You'll never miss out if you follow him. There's not one day that I, in, in, since 1993, there's not one day that I ever said, you know what? I wish I never got saved. But you know what? There's been a whole lot of days where I said, I wish I never did that. <laughs> and most of the time when I said, I wish I never did that, I was not following Jesus. I was not following the word. So really the fruit in our lives comes down to what we've been following. And what we have chosen to die to. You'll never miss out. 
being planted and following Jesus, you'll never bring you to a place of loss. Saying yes to Jesus, saying yes to your call will always bring you into a place of flourishing. You need to turn there, but Psalms 23 says what the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. What do sheep do? They follow shepherds. John chapter 10 verse 4 says, My sheep hear my voice. In a stranger's voice, they do not follow. If you're following, (laughs) you need to spend more time with him to hear the right voice. But it says, and then it, you keep reading in John chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10. It says, I am the good shepherd, and he that comes to me will come in and out and go out freely and will find pasture. Meaning, they'll come in, you know what, and they will be satisfied in areas of their life. Point three, being planted and following Jesus will bring, you, bring fulfillment in your life. Let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 26. Second Chronicles chapter 26. Thank you. Following. Being planted. It's about following. Thank you, Lord. Second Chronicles 26, verse 1. It says, Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king... In place of his father Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah after Amaziah slept with his father. Uzziah was 16 years old when he began his 52 year reign in Jerusalem. His mother was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. He did right in the Lord's sight to the extent of all that his father Amaziah had done. Verse 5 says, He set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah. So here, this King Uzziah was 16 years old when he started ruling in place of his father. And he was a king for 52 years. Man, that's a long time, especially for this day, because some kings didn't hang out that long because of who they were planted with. (laughs) So 52 years, and it said he set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah. Now, the Amplified says, who instructed him in the things of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, he was made to prosper. Now, get this. I love how the Amplified says it because the word in King James is understanding, but it's also the word instruct. And so here, what happened was, is Uzziah didn't just, wasn't just seeking God, but he was being discipled by a man. He was being discipled by Zechariah. He was following Zechariah. And by following Zechariah, he sought sought the Lord. He learned what it was like to seek the Lord. And as long as he sought the Lord, he was made to prosper. As long as he was following Zechariah. And as long as he was following the instructions that he was hearing from Zechariah, he was made to prosper. See, it's who you follow after that will determine your success. And that's my goal is to be your Zechariah, to bring instruction into your life so you can know what it means to seek the Lord. Because when we seek the Lord, when you follow the Lord, it's that as long as he did that, he prospered. If you read farther on, we, we see, man, this guy was prosperous in so many ways. He had wisdom. He invented weapons that never before existed. He, had, he did things. He built crops and did things and had all these things. He was a leader. He had wisdom. How did he gain all this wisdom? How did he gain all this insight? Because he sought the Lord. Prosperity there wasn't just about money. It was about as he sought the Lord, he increased in wisdom and every area of his life. But all of a sudden he got to a place where he could do it without God. And the moment that happened, he lost it all. But as long as he followed... He was made to prosper. You see, see, following, being planted, following will bring fulfillment to your life. Number four, being planted. Following God is about freedom in your life. I'm not going to turn there, but John 8, 31 through 32 says, If you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, or you say follow in my word, then are you my disciple indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If you continue in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. 
The word free is unrestrained. It will make you unrestrained. If you continue in my word, you'll come to a place where you have no natural limitations. But it's following the word, being planted. The last one I want to talk about it being planted is following God is about being made into something you could never be on your own. Being planted or following God is about being made into something you could never be on your own. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I want to tell you a story before I read this scripture. Um, I moved here in 1999. I Started Bible school in August of September of 99. I volunteered at the ministry here um, in EMIC for about 10 months. Um, during that time, things I would do here is I would duplicate tapes. I uh, did whatever needed to be done. I'd, um, I, cut, I cut grass. And about 10 months of doing different things, I was on the riding lawnmower out in, in the grass here to the right in front of our little train station we have there. And, and, um, and I was cutting grass, and, and someone that was a leader at the, of the school at that time waved me in and asked me to come in. And he said, he, he said what do you think about, uh, about working part-time here at the school during your second year? I was that sounds like God to me. <laughs> and, and that's how I started working at this ministry. But it started of volunteering. And so I, I ran the bookstore during our second year. And, and, and I, it was a 2000 to 2001. Uh, there wasn't any positions available over here at the time. Because uh, I felt like this building is what God had called me to. I didn't know what that meant. I, but there was no positions here available. But they offered me a p- position to work in production. And, and so I went over to production and I'm learning how to do that. I'm traveling on the road and, and, and going around the uh, driving, you know, you know, I think it was one month I was gone 21 days out of the month and, and, uh, you know, driving that, that white, old white suburban or that we had that maroon truck back then is there or the white Windstar, the Windstar minivan and me and driving that all over the place. And, and going to meetings. And when I'd come back home working in bulk mailing and shipping and all these things. And, you know, and so I'm doing these things. And I, I, I knew I was in the right place. But I had gotten frustrated. Because what was in me and what I knew God had called me to. It was like, I knew God hadn't called me to do this. You see, see how the enemy works. See, the enemy will try to make you uncomfortable with where you are to take you out of where you're supposed to be. Well, this must not be God because I just don't have peace right now. If you go by that, you you will be moved out of the will of God so many times. You need to first get a word from God and let that word give you peace. Not your emotions. And and to make a a short story longer... um, And I remember, um, you know, it was a season where we, it was a, where we weren't traveling as much. Dr. Sell was doing a lot of international things. And, and, and we had this, we, I, called, I called it um, the altar is what I called it. But it was the bulk mailing machine. And, and, and it was this machine. It was, man, Jeremiah, you all over there, you have a lot better machine than I had, man. It, I mean, it was from here to like, like over here. Yeah, Richard, you didn't have that machine either, man. <laughs> Jeff Glass Jeff Glass worked on that machine before I worked on that machine so he knows what I'm talking about and so this machine it, there was a, something that happened some things got delayed the printer didn't get to us on time and this letter had to go out like the next day and you know I'm getting upset kind of leadership because I have I have the general manager at the time come in and yelling at me needs, needs to get done and I'm like well it's not my fault that it, you got it here today you know, it needed to go out a week ago. Someone else dropped the ball and you're yelling at me. And I, I didn't say any of those things. I just thought those things. Okay. <laughs> if you have that attitude, don't expect promotion. All right. Um, and so I'm staying there and everyone else is home and, and it's, it's, and this has to get done by tomorrow. Okay. And because I was told specifically, it has to get done tomorrow. <laughs> And so here I am. It's three in the morning. This machine probably broke down 30 times. 
I had to take the rollers out I had, like several times and I I'd take things out, put it back in pieces left over and, and it's working for a while. And all of a sudden they all get jammed. Now it's these rollers. I take all the rollers out. rollers out. I'm having to clean the belts inside and it's three and one. I'm like, I'm doing this. God's called me into the mission field and I'm, I'm supposed to be doing this. I know God's called me to do this and I know God's called me to do that. And I'm sitting there and I'm arguing with God and I'm going there. This is, this is stupid. This is stupid. <laughs> Why does this letter have to be out tomorrow? And why does this? And, you know, I, I, I was in the flesh big time and, and not scared to admit it. But, but I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit. Because as I'm doing this, I hear, whether it was audible or not, he goes, the Lord said, when are you going to die to your dream? And I'm going, what do you mean? He goes, are you where you're supposed to be? I said, Yeah. He goes, so why, why won't you die to what you want? Because, see, at that time I had an idea that I was going to be on the mission field. Some of you heard me tell that story. And I, and I sat there and I just, I just walked around for a little bit because it, it hit me hard. When am I going to die? To, well, I don't want to let go of my dreams. Come on. He goes, you're still holding on to your dreams, but you really don't understand my dreams for you yet. And, and I'm standing there, and, and all of a sudden I thought and looked up, and I said, okay. Got down on my knees, and, and in tears I said, Lord, I'll do this for the rest of my life. I'll stand at this machine, and I'll make sure I do the partner letter every month. If this is what you wanted me to do for the rest of my life. And I'll do it with joy. And I'll do it. I'll be the most anointed letter stuffer that any ministry has ever seen. And so there I died at my dream. Two months later, I'm driving Dr. Savell to the airport. And I, I, I mean, I had some conversations with Dr. Savell, but not any. And usually when we drive him, he'd be praying or things and he'd sit in the back seat or whatever. But this time... He got in the front seat, so I was like, what are you doing up here? <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm thinking it, all right? Come on. Bear with me. It's a good thing is don't say everything you think, okay? <laughs> and I'm driving, and all of a sudden, we get right to the light on Main Street in Crowley, right there where it goes to business 11. I know exactly where I was at. And we're about to go through that light, and all of a sudden, he, he, he kind of hits me on the shoulder real lightly, and he says, so you want to work at the Bible school, huh? I was like, yes, sir. And then all of a sudden, all these thoughts, he goes, should I tell him, should I tell him all these ideas that I have, the, the things that God placed in my heart? And he goes, he didn't ask, did he? I said, nope. Okay. Kept driving. That was the end of our conversation. And he just, he's just quiet. Not, he's not rude. He's never rude. He's an amazing man. And just sitting there, let him out. He goes, he goes thank you, Justin. It was a month later, I started developing at that time when we first began the correspondence school. And two years later, I came over here as an associate minister. Two years after that, as more of a role in ministry and then as senior pastor. But if you can't die in the seasons where it's uncomfortable, you'll never possess the season you're so looking forward to walk in. See, following will cause you to become something that you never could be on your own. I tell you, I never thought I could stand up in front of people and communicate. In Matthew four nineteen, here, you just listen to me. Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. See, it's when you follow that he can make you into something that you never thought you could be. So you've just been catching fish on the Galilee River, guys. But you know what? I want to, I have an urgency on the inside of me that you're going to be changing the world. They had to die. Jesus worked on it with his team. He got his team up to, to 82 people. He had 82 disciples. 
He had the 12, then he had the 70, and he's talking to the 70, and, and, and they're getting frustrated because they don't understand when he's talking about drinking my blood and eating my flesh, and these are hard things for us to say. I think it'd be hard for me to hear too, but, but he's standing there, and, and, and all of a sudden, one by one, all 70 of them walk away, and Jesus turns around to, the, to Peter and says, are you two going to walk away? Peter's like, where are we going to go? <laughs> you have the words of life. And I, and I really believe those 70 were part of the 120. I really do. If not part of the, part of the first 3,000 that got saved. You know, but, but it's in following. I'm going a little longer than I was expecting to, but just, just bear with me. Just two scriptures. Isaiah 64. Isaiah 64, verse 6. It says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. See, your righteousness is as filthy rags. You will fade like a leaf in the natural. And your iniquities will drive you like, away like the wind. So, so where you're planting yourself has everything to do with your success. Verse 7 says, And there is none that calls upon the name that stirs up himself to take hold of thee. See, he, see Isaiah is prophesying. He's saying, look, there's a world out there. I believe he's even proph- he's prophesying to our generation, actually. Because he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about things in the latter times, how Jesus would come. And now I believe he's talking about our day. And he says, and he said, this is your righteousness, filthy rags. I mean, you're trying to do things in your own strength. You're fading away. You have no strength. And your, your iniquities are driving you from one place to another. I believe that's a picture of our world today. People are do, trying to do things alone, doing things without God. Amen. And they're fading away. They're tired. They're exhausted. And their iniquities, their lifestyle is driving them, tossing them to and fro. And the verse 7 says, And no one calls on your name and awakens and bestirs himself to to keep hold of you. He's saying, I see the world and it's in the shape and there's no one that's stirring himself to take hold of you. And my encouragement to you this morning in in the first phase of of dying in your life is stir yourself up and lay hold of you. Lay hold of him. If you've been tossed to and fro, stir yourself up and lay hold of him this morning. For you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into a consuming power of our iniquities. Verse 8 says, yet, O Lord. King James says, but now. I'm so grateful for but nows in the Bible. Says yet, but Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. And we are, we all are the work of your hands. You see, you got to lay hold of him. Why? He says, yes, the iniquities, there's a happen. Yes, I have a horrible past, but the prophet says, and the speaking, born speaking says, but I, but Lord, you're my father. We're the clay. And you're the potter. And we all are the work of your hands. You see, he wants you to follow him so he can shape, he can mold, and he can take the seed that you let die all of a sudden become something that's a masterpiece that the potential has been released out of it and it's affected the world. A New Testament scripture, Ephesians 2.10 says we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for so we so so we can live the good life, Amplified says, and do good works. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, born anew, so we can do good works. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word today. And I thank you for the challenge that it brings to our lives. I thank you, Father, for just a, a, as a church, Father, that we're pursuing what it means to be planted. And we're pursuing what it means to flourish. We're pursuing you and we're pursuing and growing and fulfilling and tapping into that great potential that's down on the inside of each one of us. 
thank you for it, Father. Everyone stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, everyone bow your head for a moment. And say, Pastor Justin, something went off on the inside of me this morning as you were ministering. And just something, just I just sense the Holy Spirit is really working in me. And, you're, and the words that you spoke today were, were alive in my heart. And, and I just have this hunger to, to go farther. And to take my walk with God in this life of being discipled to another level. Just while people have their heads bowed, just, just lift your hand if that's you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, I lift my hands this morning. I lift my hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We plant ourselves this morning. We follow you this morning. Following is the cost, the currency of discipleship. As Paul told those following him, follow me as I follow Christ. As Hebrews says, follow, be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Father, help us to know what it's like to follow you. Follow the pastors you placed over us. Follow the leaders you placed over us. Because it's in our ability to follow that we know that we'll be able to operate in the potential as a leader. So we say yes this morning. As we lift our hands and our hearts, we say yes to you this morning, Lord. We say yes to the call. We say yes to, to a greater purpose. Even though we didn't know, don't know what it looks like, we don't even know the next step. We don't even know. We just know, we just know that this is a direction we need to go. We say yes. We say yes. And if you mean this with all your heart, repeat this after me. Father God, I plant myself as a seed. Full of potential. I let go of every weight, every sin, every hindrance. And I choose to let it die. I let my past die. I let my failures die. I let my unforgiveness die. I let my offense die. And I follow you. I choose to plant my life, to flourish and reach. My full potential in you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Do you believe that this morning? Hallelujah. Give him a shout of praise. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.